Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 333, and we're talking about de-stressing on the road. That's right, but not only on the road. You can also de-stress while you're in a plane, a train, in the subway, at home, wherever you like. You don't need to be on the road to take advantage of this podcast. Okay, I suppose the idea was de-stressing while you travel. Yeah, yeah, you like that little gambit, don't you? Mm. Uh, on the road. Yeah, well, it gives yeah. the feeling of movement and, you know, going places, doing something. To me, it always echoes Kerouac and uh, absolutely crazy <laughs> fly-on-the-wall <laughs> kind of stories. Well, anyway, the idea of de-stressing while you're traveling, especially at this time of year with uh, holidays going along, lots of people are traveling to visit family, friends. Maybe you don't travel a lot and this is your big trip for the year. And it can get really stressful. And in fact, because there are so many people traveling, especially people who maybe don't travel a lot, things don't necessarily work as you'd like them to be. And tempers can get high. Um, people can get a bit more stressed than usual. So we thought this would be a good time to talk about this particular topic. Well, for us, it's actually been kind of the opposite. We are in our home cycle for the Southern Hemisphere summer, and it is so lovely to be back. That's right. So we got back in Auckland almost exactly a week ago now. In fact, this time last week, we were just trying to wake up because we'd arrived. I don't know what time was it. It was like we got one in, in the morning. Two in the morning, yeah. Yeah, so we got in and uh, it was great. My mum picked us up from the airport and we went back to Craig's mum's house. We were staying right on the waterfront. So lovely. They've got a beautiful balcony with views out over the water and uh, Ringitoto Island, which is a symbol of our city, just over there across the bay. It's so nice. And the first two days that we were back were beautiful and sunny and glorious. It felt like a big warm hug. Like, welcome back, Craig and Linda. It was lovely. Before that, we'd spent a month in Melbourne with uh, Linda's sister and her family over there. That was cool being just outside of Melbourne. So we managed to pop in and do a few cool things. We went to a Bill Bailey gig, and that was so worthwhile. Uh, we also went in and did a coffee tour, which was delicious, as one might expect in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. Such a good time. Yeah, that was with Context, who we've worked with before. Yeah. Oh, they're great. And it was a really good tour. I was, I was impressed because... We always thought we knew the coffee history of Australia and New Zealand, but it turns out we were wrong. So that was really good to kind of be corrected in that and also drink lots of delicious coffee. That was mm -hmm. good too. That was cool. I also really enjoyed spending time with my young nephews, Henry and Leo, who are six and three. They were just so much fun. We played heaps of, I don't know, we played with trains a lot. Uh, I got to read bedtime stories and they're just so sweet. Like Leo came up to me one day, he goes, oh, Auntie Linda, can you fix my Lego plane? Because you're really good at fixing Lego planes. And I was like, this is amazing. This is a skill I never knew I had. I should put it on my CV. Definitely. Definitely. Our sponsor for this week is Alliance Global Assistance. We're big believers in travel insurance. And one way to take some of the stress out of travel is to make sure that you've got it. That's right. I mean, the topic for this episode is de-stressing while you travel, right? And I don't know anything more stressful than when something's going wrong and knowing that you're not covered. When we first started traveling, we didn't have travel insurance because we were a bit stupid. Man, when something was going wrong or we thought we might, I don't know, we thought we might get sick or something, it was really stressful. Yeah, adding the financial pressure on top of everything else was not so good. But obviously you don't want anything to go wrong. But if it does, having cover will take the edge off things. And Alliance is here to help. Okay, well, let's get on with talking about de-stressing on the road. We know, and I'm sure you know, that travel can be stressful. You're putting your body under a lot of pressure by changing climates and time zones. You're in new situations, which demand new reactions. 
And you'll probably spend at least part of your time in airport queues. And I don't know about you, but I find airports one of the most stressful places. Yeah, it's crazy. One of the things that we're not really going to mention in this show, but I've just started reading all about, is how your body chemistry changes when you're at altitude and down and the effect that the different diets have on your chemical makeup. And it's fascinating, but way too complex, and I'm way too much at the beginning of uh, finding out about it to be able to speak to it properly. But really cool stuff. Yeah, and by the way, we should say we're not experts in this field. We're just going to share some of the things that we've found has worked for us when we're feeling a bit stressed and we need to calm down a bit. So take our advice with a grain of salt. But yeah, this is some stuff that we've found useful. First one is (sighs) take a deep breath, really that little bit of time, a few seconds just to breathe deeply. Yeah, it makes all the difference. It's weird how our body just triggers a completely different reaction when we do that. Yeah, if you can close your eyes and count to 10 while breathing deeply, that's a really good way to do it. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth or just in and out through your nose. Um, That's one thing we've found really helpful, especially if you're in a stressful situation and you, you need to make a decision quite quickly. Take 10 seconds 10 seconds probably won't make a big difference to, you know, it doesn't need to be done immediately, immediately. So taking a few seconds just to calm down, that will probably help things a lot. Definitely. If you have a few more moments or minutes to start your day, you could try a few common meditation techniques. So one of the things you can imagine is like pre-visualization. So imagine a a movie clip of what's going to happen in your day and how much fun you're going to have, how energized you're going to feel, and how everything's going to go. And that can be really helpful if you're like me and you're an introvert, and you're going to go out into a crowded street or a really busy uh, tourist area. I can either psych myself into being exhausted by it, or I can psych myself into being energized by it, just by changing the way that I think. doesn't always work, but when it does... It's worth the uh, the couple of minutes that I've spent working on that. Yeah, definitely. One thing that I found, I was uh, watching TV the other day, which is quite unusual for me, but what had happened was I got up in the morning and Craig's stepdad often turns on the TV in the morning. So I came upstairs and I was having my breakfast and a breakfast TV show was on. So the two hosts were interviewing a psychologist about a similar topic to this. They were talking about being stressed during the holiday season, especially with all the parties and going out and all that kind of thing. When you're at home, not so much when you're traveling. And the psychologist said one thing to do is to go to the toilet. And I think it's quite good advice. If you're feeling a bit stressed, if you're just, you know, not dealing with the situation very well, just saying, excuse me, I need to go to the loo, can really just give you a couple of minutes to yourself to defuse the situation and to get you back on track. And while you're in the loo, you can take a deep breath and count to 10 or do this visualization technique or whatever you need to do and just take a few minutes to yourself. And I think that's quite a good technique. One of the things that's really hard to do on the road quite often, but is so good for you, is to go and exercise. So if you are in a hotel with good amenities, you might have a pool or a gym to make use of. Even if you don't do it at home, even if you don't know what any of the stuff does, (laughs) just going and spending even 10, 15 minutes, uh, you know, doing a couple of laps in the pool or trying to figure out what the heck that machine does without hurting yourself can just give your brain something else to do. And the blood flow through your body is going to release a whole lot of happy chemicals for you. So that is a great way to help with stress. 
Yeah, and if you're not in a hotel that has a pool or a gym, you can just go for a walk. Walk around town. If you're on a plane or on a train, you can actually just walk up and down the aisle. Just gives gives you a little bit of adrenaline to calm you down again as well. What kind of gives you more energy and somehow that calms you down? I'm not quite sure how that works, but well, yeah, it's not adrenaline. It's a whole bunch of other stuff that yeah. comes with it. But yeah, being able to uh, to stretch relaxes your muscles and also gives your mind a little bit of time to switch off and think about the body, which can really help. Uh, what's the app you were using to do some exercise? Oh, Seven. I found that quite helpful. It's a seven-minute exercise program. So you should be able to find seven minutes in your day, I'm hoping. And it's I think it's 14 different exercises, and each of them are 30 seconds each. And it alternates between kind of cardio exercises like running on the spot and things like push-ups and sit-ups. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's quite good. Interesting. I downloaded an app the other week called Zova, huh. Z-O-V-A, and it's uh, meant to be like a personal trainer uh-huh. for you. So you set up some, you know, basic things, and it uses your phone's, like, pedometer, all those built-in tools about how far you walk and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then it suggests supplementary exercises. So there's always like a cardio and a stretching and uh, I think some kind of core strength thing for you to choose from every day to supplement it. And then it gives you a score for the day, the week, the month, and, you know, yeah. is meant to, to bully you into doing the right thing without paying several hundred bucks for a, a gym membership and a private trainer. Yeah, earlier today, Craig told me that we had to go for a walk because his app told him to. Yeah. Welcome, our robot overlords. He <laughs> actually said walk or run outside. He's like, looks like we have to go outside. <laughs> Luckily, outside at the moment is glorious because we walk outside, we cross the road, and we've got this beautiful um, beachside walk or kind of waterside walk. It's so lovely. So we walked along to the nearest kind of suburb that has cafes and things and went to the library and went to an art gallery. It's quite, quite nice. One thing we've really enjoyed about house sitting is being able to have temporary pets. And a good thing about dogs is there's planned exercise every day. So if you're doing long-term travel like us, that kind of house-sitting plus animal to take care of can really help you uh, integrate that into your day. Yeah, if you're interested in getting into house-sitting, send us an email, mail at intravelpodcast.com, and we can send you a link so you get 20% off the off the membership of the service that we use, which is Trusted House Sitters. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there are lots of other services out there. So if you're really interested in it, I suggest you have a look around. We've also got a podcast about house sitting, so you can look at that on IndieTravelPodcast.com or just send us an email and ask us what we think about it. Third way I'd say to de-stress is to do something for yourself. Treat yourself. Go and have the time, have the experience that you want to. Definitely. And that can be something as small as having an extra 10 minutes in bed or maybe having a chocolate bar or maybe going and have a coffee at a a flash cafe or something like that. But think about something that would be a real treat for you and then try to work that into your day. Yeah, it's a really uh, pleasant way to de-stress, isn't it? I mentioned before that being in really heavily tourist areas, lots of people, crowds just drain energy out of me. So being able to sit down and uh, have a really nice wine or something like that in a bar, or just being able to have a really good espresso and take that 10, 15 minutes to sit with a drink and recharge is really helpful. Sometimes that 15 minutes becomes half an hour, an hour or so. (laughs) I would add that if you're traveling with someone, learning to communicate your needs is also a really important thing. So if you're in a situation where you're feeling really stressed, it's important to be able to say, hey, look, I'm feeling a bit stressed at the moment. I'd really like to go and have a glass of wine just to calm myself down. Something like that, like work out what you're going to say so that you can 
communicate it in a way that isn't like putting the stress onto your travel companion, but just asking or communicating that you need something. I think that's really important. Yeah, one of the things that we uh, we do from time to time is have a virtual Sunday because uh, when you're traveling, the days of the week kind of become meaningless for you. And so some days you just feel like you're beginning to to hit the edge of your limits. And it's nice at that point to go, you know what, tomorrow's a virtual Sunday, no alarms, not going to do anything, maybe, maybe, maybe go out for lunch, have a lazy morning, kick back, relax. And that gives you what you need to to recharge. And you can use some of that time to catch up on all of the little minor kind of household tasks that you have Mm -hmm. to do when you travel, like getting your laundry done and, you know, finishing off a book so you can leave it behind and get rid of the weight and all of that kind of stuff. And it just gives you a bit of space to reset Mm -hmm. because you don't have that normal rhythm of your life and that can throw things a bit. Yeah, I remember once when we were in Vietnam, we had this because the power went out. And of course, we hadn't charged our laptops or our phones or anything like that. So the power went out and we had about an hour left of charge on all of our devices. And then that was it. And the power was out all day. So there wasn't very much we could do. And we thought, well, it's Wednesday, but let's make it Sunday. And I think that was a really good choice. We went along to a bar and played pool for a while, well, for a long while until it was completely pitch black. And the waitresses were kind of going, so can you leave now? (laughs) That was a really good kind of recharge day. Mm, Absolutely. This episode of the Indie Travel Podcast is sponsored by Select Italy. Now, there's a way to relax. Holiday in Italy. Well, yes, although I must add that we have had some stressful times in Italy, mostly related to the lack of internet access. Yeah, that seems to be changing now, which is good. But for a long time, Italy was tough. I know that having someone else do the planning definitely helps keep stress levels down, and that's something that Select Italy does really well. That's right. Select Italy designs custom itineraries and books a whole range of products and services, including tours, romantic wedding and honeymoon trips, along with ticketing services for museums and musical events in Italy. Visit selectitaly.com to learn more. Point number four is to think about something good. So if things are all going wrong, everything feels bad, you're just feeling a bit down, you're feeling stressed, stop. Take a deep breath, like we mentioned earlier, and refocus your mind onto something good. Think about something that's gone right. In general, more things go right than wrong, but our brains are kind of trained to dwell on the negative. And that's that's okay, that's fine, that's natural, but we can trick them by focusing on the good things, and that's much better. Yeah, and even if everything truly is rubbish, you know, <laughs> even if you're hitting rock bottom, just visualizing a good time, you know, imagining a good time, can help, uh, I was going to say snap you out of it, but it's actually this whole cool thing that your body does because it believes you're doing the thing. Uh, our brains are really bad at knowing if we're actually doing something or if we're imagining doing it. It finds it really tough to make a distinction between that. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's a really cool thing that you can leverage to uh, to help you, you know, I mean, it's not going to, fix the problems that you're having, but it's going to help you be in a better, less stressed place to be able to deal with them. And it means that if you're worrying about things, you're actually training your brain to be in a negative space. So if you find yourself worrying about something that you don't have any control over or something you're already prepared for, then start thinking about something good instead. You know what I read last night? I've just been uh, looking through a lot of the promotional material in Tim Ferriss's new book called Tools of Titans. 
And one of the things he was saying is that playing Tetris or Two Dots or Candy Crush, any of those kind of visual but pretty simple, repetitive kind of games, has been proven to be able to really help you a lot if you are having negative effects. And they've been doing clinical trials with it with people that are in uh, traumatic incidents and getting them to play Tetris for 15 minutes within six hours reduces the amount of uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. It's How crazy is that, playing Tetris? Because it's so visual, your brain is focusing on that, and that's like overwriting the traumatic or the stressful situations. So that was one of his tricks for if you're feeling stressed or if you're having trouble going to sleep because you're on a bad loop, is actually just to play Tetris. How crazy is that? That's advice I'm perfectly happy to take. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can we can endorse that advice because, you know, we're likely to p- play games anyway. So, yeah, play yeah. a game. Let's add that to the list. <laughs> That's cool. But, yeah, thinking about something good is so positive, and if you can't find anything good, then just play Tetris. Yeah, but, I mean, there are so many cool things. Like for us at the moment, I can walk out onto the balcony and see the sea. That is awesome. That's going to put me in a good mood. So if I'm feeling a bit down, I can just go out there. I'm also really happy to be back home in New Zealand just because of the flavors. You know, I bought my favorite pack of biscuits called Toffee Pops. And, you know, it's awesome. I mean, it's such a small thing, but I can think today I had a Toffee Pop. That's awesome. I haven't had a Toffee Pop for two years. Stupid little things, but it can kind of flick you into the right frame of thinking. I guess following on for this, thing number five is to make a list. And Here's the thing. You can make a list about all of the negative, bad, and stressful things, and that helps reduce the amount of mental noise that's kicking around. Or you can make a list about all of the positive things, and that'll help you refocus and get into a better emotional space. So I don't mind what you make a list about, but making a list, actually getting it out and externalizing it, is a super powerful way to reduce your stress. Yeah, if you're making a list about the things that you're worried about, that can be a useful tool because you, you think about what you're stressed about, you write it all down, and then you can decide, do I have control over this thing or don't I? And if you do, then you can kind of make an action plan. And if you don't, you can kind of try to close the door on that because you don't have any control over it. So it doesn't make sense to be stressed about it. I know that that's not going to 100% stop it, but just getting it out can help. Yeah, well, that's our whole stoic philosophy, right? If you can control it, you have nothing to worry about. And if you can't control it, you have nothing to worry about. Mm. So, hey, <laughs> get on with your life. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's basically the core of the stoic argument. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, point number six is to tell yourself the truth. Don't lie to yourself. Now, this one's kind of a hard one to stomach because sometimes things will go wrong and it will be your fault. And that for me, is almost the end of the world. Like the time that I booked tickets and they were on the wrong date. Or we were on a train and I would caught the wrong train. There was a big storm and we ended up running late and we missed the flight. It was my fault. That sucked. But it's important to realize that, okay, it's my fault. That sucks. But I'm human and I can make mistakes and not try to blame anyone else. Like it's tempting to think, oh, it's Craig's fault. How can I make it his fault? It wasn't, it wasn't his fault at all. It was my fault. I made decisions that were bad decisions, and I have to live with it. Yeah, there's this whole psychological thing of, you know, and it's kind of reflected in the Bible and a lot of Western religious traditions of uh, telling someone the truth in love. And it's 
important to be able to do that for yourself as well, right? Mm -hmm. It's a really healthy thing to go, yep, I made that mistake, and that's acceptable. You know, that's an okay level of of mistake. Mm -hmm. Not to make it more awful than it is, but just to look at it and go, yeah, that that happened, and then to kind of learn from that and, and try and find a strategy to deal with it better next time. So uh, one of the things that I find really useful is just reminding, as Forrest Gump so wonderfully reminded the world, that shit happens. It's true. It's true. Sometimes shit happens. And, you know, that's a, a part of life and it's something that everyone's dealing with. So we shouldn't make it more awful than it is. Yeah. And if you're on the other side of things, like if your travel partner has made a mistake and you know it's a genuine mistake and it's just one of those things that happens Try not to beat up on them either because, you know, they're probably not very happy with themselves for making a mistake and it won't help to go blaming. Yeah, a little bit of grace can really help you when you need it and uh, can definitely help the people around you as well. Oh, finally, when it comes to stress, sometimes that's due to just an overwhelming amount of stuff to do. There are more things to do in the time that's available. And you know this if you're ever packing your bag while the taxi is outside waiting to take you to the airport. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, At that point in time, there's probably not much you can do. But get ahead of the game and spread out the load. Delegate whatever you can. And after you delegate, let it go. Yeah, I'd say planning is a really important thing here. If you can plan and do as much as you can in advance, that's going to help you. Yeah, and also if you are traveling as a couple or traveling as a family, Dividing tasks up can really help as well. Like when we're traveling, Craig always carries the passports. So he's the one who's responsible for the passports. I shouldn't have to think about the passports at all. I try to remember to ask him about them, but that's his job. Yeah, and likewise, Linda's the one in charge of the schedule on travel days. She knows when we have to leave, when we need to arrive, and, you know, our rough times for for processing and things like that. So we just divide up that mental work. And uh, it's handy. I do the manual labor. Linda does the mental. (laughs) No, it's really good. I think that's an important thing to do. If you're traveling with someone, sit down before you go and think about who's going to be in charge of each thing and support each other in that. Like, like I said before, I remind Craig about the passports, but it's really his responsibility. We work together to make sure we get on the, in the taxi on time or, you know, in the bus or whatever, if we're traveling by bus. So, you know, work together, but spread the load because it, you know, it really does make a big difference. Well, once again, before we finish up and talk about what we're doing next, I want to mention our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by the travel insurance provider Allianz. Some of the key benefits of their insurance policies are the trip cancellation protection. So that includes reimbursement for non-refundable trip payments and deposits. So that's a big thing if you've booked in advance. Definitely. There's also trip interruption protection. So if there's something out of your control that means you need to go home early, that is going to help you out with uh, getting back and also the kind of unused costs that you've pre-booked. They also help out with lost and stolen baggage, of course, and uh, the medical, all the normal things you'll find. But bear in mind, as always, every insurance policy is a little bit different. So check your policy carefully before you sign up. They do have a 10-day review period, so that's really cool. You can book it and then check out the fine details later. And if you find you don't like it, they'll refund your money, which is really cool. So thanks, Allianz, for uh, sponsoring this week's podcast. Well, what's up next for us? 
Well, so we're here in Auckland, but on Wednesday, we're actually heading down to Napier, which is a lovely kind of art deco city on the coast of New Zealand. And my brother is getting married, which I find really strange. He's my little brother. And yes, he's 29, so it's a perfectly adequate age to get married. But he's still my little brother, you know? It seems a bit weird. Is he still nine years old in your head? <laughs> well, it's quite funny. I was talking to my friend Amber the other day, and she's known him since since he was like five or six. And she said, it's so weird that Simon's getting married because he's nine. <laughs> which is pretty much how I feel about her brother. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) smooth. We'll be back up in Auckland for a little while. And then in mid January, we're heading down to Tauranga, which is also uh, on the East coast, not quite so far as Napier. So yeah, over the next couple of months, we'll be doing a lot of North Island road tripping and uh, really looking forward to bringing you some stories and updates from there. Yeah, we might also be heading up north to Russell, where Craig's parents have a holiday home. Well, almost. They're in the process of building it. So we might be kind of camping out rather than staying at the house. But yeah, that should be quite fun. Yeah, it should be all good. Well, I think that's us for this week. So until next time, travel well.